0: All right, here we are back yet again. Episode 101 doesn't really have the same, you know, effect that episode 100 does. But nevertheless, here we are. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Take It Easy Sports Show. Um, part of the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. My name is Zach Alvira, and as always, I'm joined by Eric Newman. Eric, how's it going, man? Good.
1: Things in Flagstaff in terms of college football are a little yeah. bit less
0: busy um, than they
1: are in Tempe.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been going through it. I know. It's been crazy. And usually I wouldn't be super involved with the Tribune and ASU just because we tend to focus more on high school stuff. But, um, you know, with uh, the new interim head coach being from Chandler – um I've been a little bit more involved than I usually would, so. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, quite a bit to go over today. We're gonna do the usual, going over some of the games that we're gonna be at, um, some of the stories that Eric and I are working on personally. Um, if there's any other high school news, honestly, the biggest storyline though has has realistically been ASU and Sean Aguano, and we're gonna have Jordan Ham, who does a fantastic job covering ASU, U of A. Uh, even a little NAU, Uh, he's going to be on joining us in about 10 minutes here. Um, (laughs) Cody. Uh, He's going to be joining us in about 10 minutes uh, to talk about Herm, to talk about Sean Iguano, and to talk about where ASU goes from here, basically. So uh, Cody said, why are you ducking the Beer League kickball season? I told you guys you weren't going to make a team. And you weren't going to go through with it. I forgot. I kind of forgot about it. Um, <clears throat> I got quite busy, you know, traveling the first two weekends of September. Um, and I just, I forgot, honestly. So that's my bad, Cody. Um, but to be fair, so Cody, let, let me tell you a little bit of story about Cody real quick. So Cody is selling these tickets for the Cardinals game, right? And I thought I was maybe going to cover the game for Sports 360. Now they're having Eric Sorensen do it. Totally fine by me. I get a Sunday off. I'm cool with that. So Cody said his team is already two and oh, yeah, well, you'd be two and one if we played. So um, so Cody posts, hey, I'm selling tickets. And I text him and I say, hey, man, you know, like maybe I'm interested. You know what? How much you know, what, what are we talking here? And he hits me with you're like the 16th person to reach out to me. They're long gone. So I go, wow. OK, sorry to even bother you, dude. Like, man, it made me feel really bad. And then I see him post an Instagram story about 10 minutes ago, and it's two tickets available. So what do I do? I message him. And I said, oh, well, looks like those 15 other people didn't come through for you. And he said, no, they didn't. Do you want the tickets? And I said, yeah, how much? And he told me the price. And then I said, here's my discount code for being a good friend to you. He told me a new price. And then you and I did, Eric. Didn't buy them. I hit him with the I have plans already. So you went out of your way to just bother him. Only because he was mean to me. <laughs> no, in all honesty, when when he said that, uh, that they were already long gone, I've made plans for to have dinner with my parents. So I can't Fair I enough. can't get away with that one. I can't, you know, so, uh, Cody, it's your fault, though. So, yeah, I blame you. Yeah. Um, Actually we should have Cody on too, to be honest. No. He makes our show go though. He makes our views go up. He makes our views go up.
1: What is he gonna say about ASU? I don't
0: know. He might he might come up here with some like NAU journalism schools better than ASU or something like that. I don't know. So never mind. Um anyway, Eric, how was your week? Good.
1: Um I have been, you know, busy as always. Yep. Coconino uh is getting prepared to host uh, in football the post and view Broncos, the defending 4 a runner-up. So that's a big game coming up here in Flagstaff. I'm gonna be out at that one Friday. So getting, you know, some stuff pre- prepared for that. Yep. All the other things. NAU hosts its conference opener against Idaho on Saturday. Uh, and then, you know, volleyball stuff in between there. So
0: I'm staying active. I like it. I'm right there with you. I, uh, what did I do today? Um, or this week? Monday, I went up to Desert Mountain. You're going to see a story on them pretty soon here. Um, I went to a Queen Creek volleyball practice on Tuesday. So that'll be another story coming up. Um, today, I went and just went with my photographer to get pictures of a bunch of players for the upcoming Tukey Bowl, which, as you know, is coming up very soon. And you know how big of a deal it is for the Ticket Fiddles news and the papers I work for. So um, we did a lot of that. We actually got a really cool photo shoot type of deal uh, tonight with two players. So one player from each team and then the coaches. Um, I'm not releasing any of that stuff, though, because I haven't done interviews for the story because I want them to focus on Obviously, their game's on Friday, so um, I'll release some of the teasers and stuff like that and all the stories next week, So, but just so everyone knows, two key is coming up, so next week's show thats probably all I'm going to be talking about because it's a big deal for the paper I work for. It's become a big deal for me. I love the game. I love seeing these two teams play, but first, Desert Vista has Verado on Friday, and then Mountain Point has Campo Verde, so they've got to worry about those teams. Yeah. And then we can start talking you know, and not only that, but, you know, I've got a couple games I've got to worry about, just like you, obviously. Um, one that's really, really meaningful to a lot of us. Um, that's Friday, but Thursday. So tomorrow I'm hitting Dobson High School for Perry Dobson. Um, hopefully it stops raining. I don't know if it's supposed to rain tomorrow or not, but um, I'm hitting that Thursday, Friday is the Andy Liberta game between ALA Queen Creek and Queen Creek. That one. The play on the field, I'm expecting to be competitive, obviously, because like first ever matchup two Queen Creek schools, two powerhouses. But Eric, as far as emotionally, I don't know how that's going to be.
1: It might be weird.
0: And by weird, tough. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, Um, you know,
1: there's. I've seen dedication games and stuff like that, but, you know, not something in this exact way. Um, yeah. Andy Liberta, a uh, former member of Arizona varsity, for those who don't know, uh, passed away, COVID complications. Um, yeah. And he was, there, nobody covered the Queen Creek area better than no. he did. No um, one ever. Yeah. No one ever. And I mean, he would call those coaches all the time. He cared deeply about covering those teams. Uh, had just intricate knowledge of the few teams yeah. in that area. Um, County line preps ran
0: his own website and, you
1: know, it's going to be, uh, they're going to honor
0: him uh, before the game. Yeah. And I believe his, uh, his family's going to be there. Um, you know, it's going to be a really, really emotional, emotional night. I know Cody's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Chili's going to be out there. Uh, pretty sure Andy Silvis is going to be out there. It's going to gonna be a lot of people and for good reason. Um, and I really hope the stands are packed as well because it wasn't just the athletes that Andy really cared about. It was the communities in general. Yeah. Um, the ALA community, the the Queen Creek community. I mean, he would frequently talk to and visit those schools on a weekly basis. Like almost every other day he was at one of those two. Yeah. Um, so I see our guest popping in here with a name. Um, but it, but yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a really emotional night on Friday. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, take that and go to Saturday and I'm going to be at ASU Utah for the Tribune. Um, Sean Aguano's first game as interim head coach. I really look and we're going to bring Jordan Ham on in just one second, but just to kind of, for those that don't know, obviously Herm Edwards, not fired didn't I guess he technically resigned he relinquished his position he's no
1: longer the coach at ASU football
0: yes um Sean Aguano former Chandler coach obviously started the dynasty that Chandler is you know is now the interim head coach and he's look for those that know Sean Aguano he is the perfect man in my opinion for this job he loves football he's he has a you know he has a disciplined background where he can discipline the kids and he can get them you know on a straight edge or straight arrow whatever i'm not saying ASU wasn't disciplined but you you get what i'm saying and most importantly but his hawaiian culture that ohana the makoa whatever everything that chandler has right now he can bring to ASU and i really think it's going to work out very well now will they beat utah i don't know i hope they're competitive I really would love to see Sean have a ton of success and then be able to stay the head coach of this team on a full time basis, on a permanent basis. Um, but like I said, I want to bring on someone who obviously covers ASU a little bit more than both of us. Not a little bit, a lot more. Um, Mr. Jordan Ham with the Atch Zalvira name.
2: Sup, fellas had to bring hey, back you. the fantasy football name from last year. Oh,
0: What's up Jordan? About, don't talk about fantasy football, Eric will freak out.
1: Uh, how you doing? No, just
0: your fantasy football team. That's boring. <laughs> fair. That's fair. What's Jordan, up? Jordan, how you doing, man?
2: I I am good. Had a good day today. Yep. Uh you know, got a got some hot yoga in this morning, got a massage like in, Robert. Like Server news is happening, lots yep. of work. Yep, got to hang with the wife. It, it's been I a like full it. day, but uh, but checked a lot of boxes, so it's been yeah. good.
0: How is Sarah? She good? Sarah's great. Yeah, she yep. is asleep
2: right now because she gets of up course. at three a.m. Yeah, uh, for the, her the morning show. Um, but yeah, she's she's powering through, and uh, like both of you fellas, uh, been a very busy week for every yes. sports journalist. I'm like halfway expecting tomorrow the Diamondbacks to announce that Tori Lovello is really like three bear cubs stacked up on each yep. other in a baseball <laughs> yeah, uniform. It's like, it's like yeah. every weird thing has happened this
1: week in the old cartoons where two kids would get in a trench coat or something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah.
0: Vincent you know, adult man. Try to for get those into that watch movie. BoJack. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> well, Jordan, I just want to, so I was at the press conference obviously on mm-hmm. Monday when, you know, Sean first addressed the media as the interim head coach. I, I, I came away with, I mean, he just, I think he, he knocked it out of the park. I think mm-hmm. his, he showed his passion. He showed that he can be emotional he showed that he can be vulnerable by tearing up. And I think that really opened everyone's eyes to see what we're getting in this interim ASU head coach. So I want to know from your perspective, what did you see from the press conference that really excites you and, or maybe worries you about Sean Aguano as a head coach?
2: Yeah. I think it's one of those things. And like you, I mean, we, we all have known Sean from his Chandler day. So I, I don't think it's much of a surprise for us, but mm-hmm. for those that aren't familiar and are just like, okay, who's this running backs coach, he showed who Sean Aguano is and how much he cares about Arizona. And he made it a point saying, look, I'm in charge of recruiting. Now I'm going to recruit Arizona kids. I'm from Arizona. My kids went to high school here. Um, I really care about this community. This isn't someone just dropping in and you know, it potentially being a, um, you know, stepping stone job or anything like that. Like, I think if he could retire as ASU's head coach, he would be happy to do that. So um, the energy he brought, like you said, the emotion that he brought, the passion, and then he follows it up the next day uh, with an open letter to the fan base saying that, hey, this... Um, Ohana that I brought to Chandler, like we're bringing that to Sun Devil Nation. I'm gonna like be really hard on on these players. I'm gonna try to get the best out of them, but I'm gonna love them. Um, and that's the that is Sean Iguano to a T. So um, I agree with you. I think he is. The right man for the job it's a really tough job but anybody else on that staff um you know i i it sounded internally like it was a pretty easy decision and kind of once the dominoes started going with herm it was very a very quick decision to say sean is the guy to take this over
1: and it seemed like he won the press conference like that's kind of what it feels like and you know whether or not he puts the product on the field that people are expecting is yet to be seen but Rarely do you get this positive of a reaction um, from somebody, and partially, I think it's because so many of us in Arizona media have, uh, especially you know, on the ASU beat, have covered high schools stuff like that, and you know, Sean was always such an open guy. Um, but it just it, it, you rarely get this kind of positive reaction when the coach comes in,
2: and it's one of those things where it's not like he's a great dude. I'm happy for him. Like he also totally deserves it. Yeah, like So it's, it's the mix of both of those, like he is plenty accomplished to get the job done on the field, but you also know that, you know, he is really going to do those things that he says in the opening press conference. And it it honestly kind of reminded me of that first off season, second off season with Jed Fish, where it was like, they haven't played a game yet, but everything that he can do, he is doing correctly. Um, so we'll see what happens on Saturday. I mean, I think it's also a very real possibility. He starts his tenure 0 and 3 because you're going up against Utah, you're going up against USC, and you're going up against Washington. Three of the four ranked opponents in the Pac-12. Like, and, and he said in perfect Sean fashion, and Kyle Soley even followed it up. Uh, they both said we're excited that we get to start this new era against some real competition and like get people excited and everything yeah. like that. But you know, the on-field product that in terms of Wins and losses, it might be a rough start, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing the, this transition and this change and see what those changes are
0: under Sean Iguano. It is crazy yeah. to think that Washington's a ranked team right now.
2: Especially Dude, if they're lighting the word on fire. Yeah, I
0: know. It, it's but, weird. And Washington but, State's right up, like, not ranked, but, like, beat, Was- beat Wisconsin. Like, that's kind of crazy. Um, I do want to – so a, a lot of what I've been seeing on Twitter and just in general social media – Obviously, you still have Marvin Lewis, and you still have mm. Bill Billick. Why do you think it was a guano that got the nod over those two, especially them being former NFL head coaches?
2: Yeah, so they're analysts. So I don't really know. Like In terms of they're giving input, I think they're really good resources to this coaching staff, but I don't think they're necessarily doing like the day-to-day grind got it. Okay. of being a coach. And then you also throw in – so if you look at this coaching staff right now, really the only two that have logged a lot of time with this team is Robert Rodriguez, the D-line coach, who's tremendous, mm-hmm. and Sean Aguano. Sean mm-hmm. Aguano has had coaching experience. He knows Arizona. Uh, his room is also a lot smaller, and you have uh, the active college football leader in rushing yards leading that room um, so if there is someone that needs to step away and they, they do have an analyst now getting promoted to running backs coach, but you don't need to be as hands-on with that group. As I feel like the defensive line where you have a dozen different players, you're trying to rotate in and out. There have been some injuries. So I think it was important to have Robert Rodriguez where he needs to be um, helping out that defense, the strength of the team. And Sean could step away from that day to day and the running backs. And I don't think there will be that much of a dip um, in is, terms of production from
1: them is, Part of it also, and maybe I'm stretching here, but when you mention someone like Marvin Lewis or some of these kind of older coaches, this kind of signals not necessarily going in a different direction, but a, a little bit of a change. You know, you've got the younger guy in terms of um, – You know, age and experience. He's got some experience, but it's not like he's been, you know, a college football coach for thirty years and in the NFL and everything like that. It is. Do you think that's part of it? Is the mindset of like, you know, we're not going with the same type of thing with an old football coach?
2: To a degree, I think so. I I think that they have. Everyone in that building has a tremendous amount of respect for Brian Billick and for Marvin Lewis. Um, but I also think it's, if you're going to make that drastic of a change and move on for your, from your head coach, it, you probably want to have a coach in there that you might be successful and you can remove that interim tag. I don't think that would happen with Marvin Lewis and Brian Billick. I don't think they want that job necessarily. I think, you know, they were ready to work with harm and certainly work hard, but not have to do, the there being on the road recruiting uh you know however many months out of the year and and the grind that comes with that where as with sean it's this is a great opportunity for him to potentially yeah if if things go really right all of a sudden maybe it's not much of a discussion uh who the next head
0: coach is and it's sean aguano i realized i said bill Billick. i meant brian you probably under you you knew what bill, I meant, bill
2: belichick brian billick it's, it's not the yeah, same thing whatever bill, bill,
0: bill. um yeah. And one of the right. other things too, that, you know, a lot of people might question obviously with Sean only being a high school head coach before look at the players that he, well, first of all, look at what he did at Chandler mm. nationally ranked almost uh, most years. They won several state titles. And then obviously look at who he produced in terms of talent, chase Lucas, Nikhil, Harry, Bryce Perkins. And he, he even goes further back, um, you know, Daryl Garrison, who obviously is coach mm. Garrison's son, Uh, I think Brett Hundley was under him a little bit, wasn't he? Oh, well, Sean was an assistant with Brett Hundley there. Um, He he was
2: definitely on the staff. Yeah.
0: Paul Perkins was there when, when, uh, Sean was on staff Mm -hmm. at Chandler, the amount of talent, obviously you have the Jordan brothers or Jordan cousins, I should say, Deion Jordan and then the Cameron Jordan, you know, just they, the, the talent that has, that he's kind of had a hand in, maybe not necessarily being the head coach because they did have, you know, um who was a Jim, Jimmy, Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just, but he was on staff there for so long for 20 years, all of the talent that they've put through. I mean, if you go into the Chandler weight room and you look at that wall of jerseys, 90% of those players were coached at some point by Iguana, whether he was an assistant or a head coach. Do you think that played a role as well, just in the talent they he's been able to produce? And like you said, knowing Arizona as well
2: certainly and i look when he took over the job it's hard to think back to when chandler was little brother if they weren't the standard you know before 2015 before it it was chase lucas and Nikhil harry's junior year when they won state for the first time in 50 something years but a lot of times it was if you were on arizona avenue and you were a high profile player you were going to hamilton and then that quickly changed and the the culture completely changed and they became the standard and, every, you know, Sawora was gunning for them. Hamilton was gunning for them. Um, you know, Mountain Point, all of those schools, uh, they were now chasing Chandler and Sean Aguano had so much to do with that, but he had to start a little bit from behind. So I think that having that background will help him in this one because it is, look, you got... You have a nine-week audition to get things right, and there are a lot of things wrong right now. And you might have a team that could be splintering right now uh, after losing to Eastern Michigan. And I mean, you honestly—if again, these next three games are going to be really, really hard. If you could have a situation where maybe that locker room starts to splinter, if he's able to, um, you know, absorb that and get them in a place where they can um, especially hit maybe a little bit of softer part of the schedule and, and come away with a couple of wins like that's going to be a massive win. And I I think he learned those skills at Chandler.
1: I wonder if part of it also has to do with recruiting, because there's this narrative Mm -hmm. people say, whether it's true or not is up for dispute, but that Arizona state doesn't recruit Arizona well. And it's shown on the field. Some of the best high school kids from the state go, I mean, we've seen what, like six commits to Oregon in the last couple Mm of years. Um, All these, you know, other Western schools get some of these guys. Um, Is part of the thinking there that, you know, Iguana, who is a high school coach by nature, now there gets some of these local guys to stick around? I
2: think if he can convince them that he's going to be there long-term, like... Uh, which Arizona high school coach isn't going to pick up a a call from Sean Aguano, you know, and, and we've already seen on social media. I feel like more players in the past two days than in the entire season so far of, Hey, I got this invite to go to the game and and go check things out. I'm sure he's already calling Steve Campbell to go get Dylan Lee over there already calling all of these coaches. Um, and I think if he truly does have a shot to, um, Recruit and be there long term, like you can see a lot of dividends being paid in the state, but also in the transfer portal. Because if you look at Arizona, like how many guys did they get bounce backs from, you know, in, in terms of Drake Anderson and Gunnar Maldonado? They went off to Northwestern, yep. they're now back at Arizona. I think that there's a decent amount of players that will go outside the state or are currently that maybe want to get a little bit closer to home. One, want a, want a different situation. Joey Ramos is a great example of that. Sean Aguano can double down on that a ton. And it, and it is a the in-state recruiting thing is a is a tough thing because sometimes you just look at the the raw numbers, but maybe there's I don't know, 30 to 50 percent of those guys just don't fit the system or they're already good at that position. And but no matter what, it's Arizona not recruiting Arizona. It's more the empty recruitments that bothered me when you talk, uh, you know, you talk to Quentin Somerville, um, and at a certain point it was like, ASU really could have been involved in this. And they just yep. kind of let, let the gas off the pedal, at least with Antonio Pierce, he was very clear, like, Hey, I'm ju- I'm going to go after California. I'm going to go do this. It was successful up until it wasn't. And that was yep. when, you know, the investigation started happening. But then you also have to keep that relationship with the local coaches because I think there were plenty of guys they could have brought in that you know could have made up some spots. But then all of a sudden you don't have the, that relationship with some of the top coaches, some of the top players, and you're coming in late. There's you know there's no reason that Jacoby Covington, ASU should have been like his 16th offer. You know yeah. Tyler Chuck, you know Brock Purdy. Even if they were going after different guys, they needed to be on top of those guys. So yeah. um, I don't think that will necessarily happen with Sean Iguano but again the challenge is going to be he's recruiting guys but is he going to be here in December or is he going to be the head coach or is he going to be on staff in December
0: that was my next question what do you think is the sweet spot and by that I mean the number of wins that he has to get to even be given a chance a legitimate chance to be the next head coach full time at ASU
2: I don't necessarily know if it comes down to wins. Okay. If it if it's a, you know, they, there's a buzz in the fan base. There is, you see a effort that we haven't been seen necessarily um, mm-hmm. at times uh, under, not just this year, but under various Herm Edwards, you know, where it's just like, they it looks like they're clocked out yep. already. You know, you think back to that Washington State game after a tough loss on the road at Utah. They have a bye week and then they... You know, we could have done better on the field that day. They
0: laid um, an egg, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So um I I think it it I don't want to say moral victories, but like if you just see that change in the program and yes, you you win some games that you're supposed to win because they still have I think a a, a roster that could put them in the middle of the Pac 12. Yep. Um but I don't know if it's necessarily, you know if, if it's bowl eligibility, if it's more than that or that sort of thing. I'm sure they're already starting to field calls and already starting to put out fielder uh, fielders through back channels of would this potential coach be interested. You know, if, if it's a Dan Mullen um, you know, you can just reach out to him right away. Cause he's in, you know, a CBS analyst right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you, those dominoes are going to start to fall. And I think that work is going to start happening. Um, but I, I mean, Ray Anderson made made it a point to be like Sean is being considered for this, um, depending on how this goes.
0: I think I also saw like Urban Meyer's name get thrown around there, and um, obviously one of the biggest ones have been Deion Sanders. Now, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I I was talking to Chili about that one. I don't. I don't see him leaving Jackson State for a mid-level Power Five program right now. I yeah, I, just, I, I just don't see that.
2: I, I it's Dion's especially interesting because it, I think he is capable of having a big time power five job, Yes, but he did really make it a point to be at an HBCU Exactly. and it, it does he just want to be there or does he want to continue his uh, coaching career elsewhere? Or is he just good being an NFL network analyst um, if he's not coaching at the HBCU? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's where I'm a little unsure on where Dion's at urban Meyer. I feel like it's next to zero chance that he's going to be at ASU. And that's more so, um, I just don't see Michael Crow hiring urban with the track record and, and everything that has come with that. Um, so I, I think that's going to be, uh, I, I just don't see that necessarily happening, but it's also how attractive is this ASU job? Um, is it, and who's running it is, is Ray Anderson running the search or is he just a part of it? Is he even yeah. the AD that's still a little bit unclear. Um, so whoever is, is making that decision, um, what is the investigation? Uh, what, you know, what sanctions are going to be put against ASU? I don't think there are going to be many because it feels like everybody that was involved, at least at the coaching level is already gone. So yeah. it might be, you lose two scholarships, for two years or whatever, like in the grand scheme of things, maybe like a a postseason ban or something like that. Okay. People can live with that. The other thing is what conference are they going to be in? Is it going to be the PAC 12 as is? Is it going to be with San Diego state and UNLV or Fresno state? Are they going to move over to the big 12? I, the thing about ASU and U of A, I feel like no matter what the realignment happens, I think both of them are going to be okay because of Arizona's basketball program and the market that ASU has, they both have a really good Olympic sports. um, And I think that they could add to whatever conference they end up in, whether it's the PAC 12, big 12, maybe something gets weird with the ACC or whatever. I don't have a, I I don't see them being like, okay, well we're on the outside looking in and we're going to the mountain West. So I don't think that's much of a deterrent, but there is so much uncertainty around that. I think the college football playoff expansion probably now hinders that those movement a little bit but i feel like there are a lot of questions of is this a sleeping giant is this a middle tier pack 12 school with uh you know a bunch of pro teams and a bunch of transplants that don't have a isn't the most rabid fan base or is it um you know something that's somewhere in between there
0: yeah and you know i'm looking at their schedule right now and We already mentioned it, Utah, USC, Washington, a brutal, brutal three-game stretch. But then you've got Stanford, you've got Colorado, UCLA, Washington State obviously looks like kind of a toss-up, and same with UCLA. Then you Mm -hmm. have an Oregon State team that's obviously improved, and then you obviously have the Territorial Cup. Yeah. I really think that if in the next, what is that, nine games, Mm -hmm. I think if Sean can pull out four wins and have one of those be against Arizona on top of everything you already said – excitement from the fan base, excitement from the players, maybe, you know, they get a couple of, you know, verbal commits from some kids in high school, some top talent kids that haven't committed yet. I really think that Sean should be first in line for that job. And obviously at that point it comes down to what other names are involved. Uh, Because I do think obviously like a Dan Mullen obviously might be maybe a step above, but I even have a hard time saying that. But again, that's just me personally. I would love to see Sean because I know him and right. I've talked to him several times. And, and, you know, every time I see him, it's a hug between the two of us. Like, so on a personal, like in, in like me personally, I would love to see Sean do it, but obviously, you know, they, the university has to make the best decision for themselves and what they think is for the program as well.
2: Yeah. And I think it's going to be one of those. Th- it, hopefully it's a tough decision for them because that means Sean's so. successful. If it's an easy decision, that means it was okay. You were kind of a placeholder. Uh, you were in a tough situation. You did the best you could. You know, we'd love to try to keep you on staff, and and yeah. who knows where that goes from there. Um, but yeah, I I think it'll be really interesting. I've seen Jonathan Smith's name. Speaking of Oregon State, yeah, uh, potentially linked there. He he Dillingham. could be a great option. I, Dillingham,
0: yeah.
2: um, you know, it, th- this is the fun time of the process where it's just like let's just throw out everything and right, if, right. You know, Carolina is rough in the NFL. Matt Rule could come back to the college game. And yeah, Matt Campbell might be available. So like, it's all just kind of like, huh. Eh, there aren't too many, like, way out there names in the in the college search. Yeah. Is there a chance
1: that if he can get a big recruit to sign, maybe someone they weren't expecting, that that kind of bolsters the chance of him sticking around? Or is that – I would guess that it's hard to get somebody to commit when they don't know whether it's actually going to be him
2: or not. Exactly. And I, I feel like even these past couple recruiting classes with Herm, it's been – Guys that have potential to be Pac-12 players, but maybe ASU is the only Power 5 offer for them or Pac-12 offer for them. So it's like, clearly this is the best situation for me. Yes, I'll commit here. And if things go wonky, in a year I can transfer. Um, So yeah, for all that uncertainty, um, the thing is, I I think regardless, Sean's going to put in the effort and he's going to get the coaches out because that's something we haven't seen a ton of our Sun Devil coaches on the sidelines the past couple of years, where it seems like everywhere we look, NAU coaches are there. U of A coaches are there. Uh, Ottawa, ACU, we haven't really seen, you know, the boots on the ground for ASU. I think that's going to change, and it, it might be for, for nothing, but it's not going to be for lack
0: of trying. I, I think of two high school names that, I th- that come to mind and thinking, okay, if he landed two of these guys, maybe that would be like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe he really does know Arizona. Maybe we should keep him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. One, if he's able to flip, which I don't think it's going to happen, but if he's able to flip Michael Gardner, Amari Washington, or land uh, Deuce from pinnacle, if he's able to get one of those three, I really think ASU has to look and say, okay, he just landed one of the top players in the class. Yeah. Now, again, I I don't think it's going to happen But if it does, I guess Deuce is the best option because he hasn't committed anywhere yet. But if it does happen, I really think ASU has to sit down and say, okay, maybe we've got something here.
2: The tough part about Deuce, and I didn't love it when I was heavily in the recruiting beat, but now I I really kind of appreciate it, is we don't really know what offers Deuce has because he never puts them out.
0: That is true. You have to imagine ASU is one of them. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, yes, 1,000%. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if honestly, if you get, like, really any four-star in your class, like, that's a huge accomplishment yeah. for an interim coach to have that. Um, and, you know, maybe all of a sudden he might be starting that process with some of the younger Chandler players or young, these younger Arizona players that might be not quite on the precipice of, of blowing up, but he, he wants to make sure that he's early with them. Um I think he is going to approach it like he's assuming he has the job for future classes, um, to, to start those relationships when they're young to, because by the time some of these top guys, they get to their junior senior year, it's already like, all right, you, like they have their top tens and they have these hardcore relationships with big programs. So that's where it gets really tough. But, um, I, I have the feeling he's just going to assume I'm the head coach moving forward. I'm going to recruit like it. I'm going to get my staff to recruit like it. Basically like we're working for our jobs right now. Like if we want to stay together, like this is a great way to get some lifeblood into the program and show that we deserve to be here.
1: Exactly. You think that, that, that they're, you know, they're obviously looking at the forward uh, looking forward to the future, but how do they balance, you know, it's part of a football coach's job in general, rec- balancing the recruiting and the, the current on the field team. But is there, does he have to focus even a little bit more with this particular group because he's still got to earn their trust a little bit?
2: Totally. Uh, absolutely. And that was an interesting part of the first practice. It was, I saw something that I, I, I don't know if I had seen at a regular availability for a Herm Edwards practice. And that was wind sprints after a mistake. There was a mistake on the defense and instantly he was like, all right, everybody line up. We're, we're running. It doesn't matter if you are on the field at the time. There were some players that didn't love that. Like, I think, <laughs> I think some of the players liked, you know, going to ASU and getting recruited by Herm because they knew he was a player's coach. You know, I don't think Sean Aguano is the authoritarian that, todd graham is but he's somewhere in the middle of those two but he there was uh, a, a much higher mm-hmm. tempo and people were sprinting from station to station where usually it would be a jog i could see that being uh rubbing some players the wrong way and i mean you just look at the way the transfer portal is right now like ev- even if he was the long-term coach you might have some guys leaving just because they're like look i'd I don't know him nearly as well. I think I have some opportunities elsewhere. Like he definitely is, I think, trying to keep this team together as well. And I think regardless of who the head coach is, there are going to be players that are going to leave. Um, but if that's the case also, I think ASU can look to U of A and the work they did in the transfer portal um, and say, okay, we can, for as many that are going to leave, we can bring back a lot of talent as well and find guys who just want the right situation um, to to come in and be Sun Devils. If it's for a year, if it's for two years or whatever, or like I I said earlier, maybe they're bounce backs where they they prepped in Arizona and went elsewhere and things didn't quite work out. and Now they want to come back home and be a little bit closer to their parents.
0: Jordan, I know it wouldn't be a good episode of the Take Easy Sports Show if we didn't let Eric ask you some out-of-this-world questions. Uh, I know he had oh, told me he was thinking about doing that. So, Eric, I'm going to hand it over to you now. Stretching so, out. Did you, did you have a nickname growing up, Jordan?
2: My last name was Ham. So, yes. Uh, hamster, Hammurabi, Honey Bait. <laughs> Bruh, honey uh, bait. Th- I, 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 I know I'm forgetting a couple, but, yes, there were a lot of. Hammer, yeah, there were a lot. Of, uh, hammer, um, yeah, th- did you Hammer, have a favorite? Hammer is
0: a good one, though. Hammer is a good one.
2: Um, I guess it kind of depended on the age. Hamster, I was probably like most cool with because that kind of was like when we were in third grade, and it was just like, a, like hamsters are cool. Everybody wants a hamster, like, right? Sure. So,
1: when I saw videos from your wedding, which was when was your wedding again? Uh, February. February. The thing that stuck out to me was how many people did the fake Brian Kelly <laughs> LSU turnaround thing mm-hmm. in 20 years. When you look back on your wedding videos and photos and stuff like that, are you going to do you think you'll ever forget that and be like, why are there people in a circle making poses doing the peace sign? I don't think it happened I- here. Yeah,
2: I don't think Sarah and I would forget that, but I feel like younger relatives, we'd have to like explain like, okay, there is a very specific time in life when a guy (laughs) from South Bend, Indiana, went to LSU and pretend to be Southern (laughs) and just tried way too hard.
0: My Uh, family.
2: (laughs) The the Ralph Amsden, Jared Cohen iteration of that was perfect. They like, I saw them before they did it and they were both like studying Jared's phone very closely and i was like what is it guys it's a party like what are we doing like go go grab a drink or whatever and now i realize that they were like trying to time out like okay when when ralph is brian kelly when do i do this and jared as the recruit what do i do so that that was pretty incredible absolutely i think eric's you... trying to
0: get ideas for his wedding i don't think i'm going to have that
2: hey, why not but- it's a good because time, my friend.
0: I believe Eric. It you and I really can. Fun. You and I can reenact it, Eric. I'll yeah. be Brian Kelly. You love Brian Kelly. You're Notre Dame. I love Brian Kelly. Um, He's part of my family. <laughs> <laughs> what is your
1: worst? Me- did you ever teach Zach when you were at ASU? I, I did not. We did not cross over. Dang! At that I was going to ask you your best Zach Alvira memory. Um,
0: he probably still has. I know
1: ours. We talked about ours on many, ye- <laughs> almost two years ago um, when we had That's you wild. and Sarah on. Um, was that weird for you when we just straight up asked you guys relationship questions for a half hour?
2: No, no. <laughs> it, we, we've done those type of interviews before. We won on, uh, actually, the, the show that Zach now hosts on Saturday morning. Um, and we got the uh, the third degree from Jose Garcia about our relationship and that sort of thing. And by then, I, we were, it, it's funny because Sarah and I were talking before this. Do you guys have an idea of when we did that in 2020? We're it's trying to Aussie. figure out if we were enga- engaged by then or not. I don't think you had been engaged yet. Because when did you get yeah, engaged? Yeah, I don't think you were. In, in late August.
1: Yeah, so um, we started felt- doing it.
2: Uh, maybe you were close. Um, I, th- I I mean, I definitely had the ring. I didn't know Let me, maybe when it was happening. But, we yeah, we were trying to figure it out. I think it was a little too early for it to be we were already
1: engaged. Because we started in the spring um, doing podcasts. And then it was, what, like 20, 30 episodes in or something like that, Zach? I,
0: no, it was July. It was July, July so 2020. Yeah, it was before – it was okay, our eighth yeah. eighth episode. It was our eighth episode. We by, haven't gotten much way, better now at 101.
2: <laughs> Congratulations to triple digits. As someone 80. who has started like four podcasts and I think one of them got past four episodes, like <laughs> that is an achievement fellas.
1: We appreciate it. If we did yeah. anything good, it might not have lasted because we would have gotten sick of the preparation and everything, but alas, <laughs> um, I think making the um, the starting quarterback of our dreams was one of the best podcast experiences I've had.
2: I had fun doing that one. That, that was would, really I, fun. That was. I I wish I could have gotten that to be more consistent, but that was one that was. I remember it was quick because we only all of us only had like. 35 minutes or something like that so it was like yeah eric go zach go cheer yeah. go but it was yeah that was a good time
0: that was really fun that was really fun um eric do you have anything are you good you have anything else
1: i could keep going but i don't have anything more pressing
0: okay jordan obviously your name on 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 here right now is not your real name so uh for those that somehow don't know who you are um first things first i mean i mean you're gonna be at ASU utah i know that Yep, um, and I guess just share where everyone can kind of find your stuff because you do a great job now with recruiting at the college level
2: I appreciated it man um, yeah so have shifted kind of the beat over to the college side and that includes recruiting mm-hmm. and also just kind of the day-to-day um, was not expecting for this week to be nearly as busy as it was um, but it's it's been fun kind of covering everything that's been going on in Tempe as well as uh, Tucson and I will make it up to Flagstaff um was trying to last weekend just didn't didn't quite work out but uh yeah so all of that is on sports 360 az um you can follow me at jordy ham j-o-r-d-y ham um and that's two m's um like john ham i say it's my uncle it's not um uh, or Aunt mia. or yeah depending yeah. on the age because it, it, it's it's a sad state of affairs because i i would throw out mia to some younger folks and they'd be like who i don't oh, i don't man. know who who that and it it just made me feel old um but yeah, that's that's kind of where you will see my content and probably me trying to be funny. Um, and it it has an OK hit rate there. There are some misses there. But, uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> you know, it's really I, funny I
0: that you say that because teaching this semester, <clears throat> it's my third semester now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I I've kind of done some of the same like dumb jokes to get them to like open up and laugh or whatever. Half of them don't work anymore. So I need new material. It sucks it's, getting old.
2: It's funny because like when I would do attendance for my classes, a lot of times I would have an icebreaker question just to get them talking a little bit. And it would be like, what would your walk-up song be? What would your dream Super Bowl halftime performance be? That sort of thing. And at the end of the semester, I told my students, like, if I ever said like, cool to one of your responses it's because i had no idea who that musical <laughs> artist was or that actor was but if i like interacted with you i knew who it was but it wasn't like i wasn't like pushing them off to the side it's like i don't know who that person is yeah so
0: that's so funny man yeah are we ever gonna see you on a high school sideline this season
2: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and that that's one of the things i i that drew me to college is that I wouldn't be like completely closing the chapter of high school. Yeah. Um, haven't been out there yet. Um, but I mean, I, I still love that community and, oh, yeah. um, you know, that beat and Claudia Collins has been crushing it as the recruiting reporter now. Um, but yeah, I will definitely be out there, especially I think later in the year as we're, uh, we're getting closer to the playoffs and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. I passed by Claudia going into Cronkite Tuesday and my class starts at 1130 and I was walking in 1123 and she looked at her watch, looked at me and said, you're going to be late. I'm telling Brett. That's the thing. Like she's a, more than a couple years younger than me.
2: And there are times where I'm like, am I, am I going to make the boss. mad?
0: What's, she's the boss. Yeah, What's going on? She, she is definitely the boss. Yeah. Um, Eric, unless you got anything else that we're going to let Jordan go. So that way um, he can hopefully not talk anymore and not wake up Sarah. <laughs> Cause I don't want to hear oh, that. She's out. Oh, she's okay. We're good. Yeah, um, mel-
2: melatonin is a wonderful thing.
0: <laughs> That's beautiful. That's so. beautiful. Uh, Jordan. <laughs> thank you so much in all seriousness for joining us. And um, you know, you're fantastic. Obviously we love you to death and uh, I'm sure oh, I'm going to see you on Saturday. Yeah. So I'll, Bye, I'll give you, Jordan. I'll give you a hug for Eric as well.
2: Yeah. Big, big Zach. i hug. I love it. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Thank you.
2: All right. Take care. All right.
0: Alright, Eric. I love Jordan Ham, man. I really do. He's such a good dude. Does fantastic work. He
1: does a good job. Um, I had to give him crap. Um, <laughs> he, he does is, a good job. I'm not always great at texting back. I do it for you because you're my friend. Um, Best friend. I don't have any real friends. Okay, okay. So You're my acquaintance. Okay. Um no, but he he texted me a few days before the ASU nau game, and he was like, "Hey, how are you? Are you going to be in Fla- Are you going to be in Tempe?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Oh wow, I got a text from Jordan Ham, and then it was that he wanted me to send over the depth chart for NAU, <laughs> see if they had one. So I had to had to give him a hard time for that, because um, they hadn't put it up publicly yet. So he oh, needed that's some so funny. background info. Um, but so no, funny. I love Jordan Ham too. He does a great yeah, job, and he really does. Um, he was he was my prof he was my instructor at ASU um, back in the day at That's the sports right. bureau and we have some memories of me being not great at my job and not <laughs> great at school together.
0: Uh, I've improved a little bit, just a little bit, just yeah. a little bit. Um, quickly, going to look at some of the schedules for uh, football this week. So uh, tomorrow we have actually five six A games. We've got uh, Mountain Ridge, Apollo, Trevor Brown, Copper Canyon. Central North and then Desert Ridge Williamsfield, as well as Perry Dobson, which I will be at, as I already mentioned. Um, looking at 5A, what do we got? 5A Mountain Ridge Apollo, I think I already mentioned that one. Yeah, it's all 5A 6A games. Um, 4A level Gila Ridge, your favorite against Imperial from California, and then Mingus Union versus Washington. Eric, are there any other games aside from the ones obviously that we're covering on Friday? Um, any other games that really stick out to you? Cause there's quite a few good ones actually. Yeah,
1: there definitely are. Um, you know, I, I do kind of hone in my coverage on um, what's going on at that moment um, with, with Flagstaff area, but yeah, I do. I do still pay attention. Um, <laughs> other spots on, on Friday. Um, there are, there are actually a few games I'm excited for. Um, one of those being Mountain View versus Basha. Yeah, um, I think Basha should probably will be the favorite. It's at Basha They should win the game, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, in the past few years, that's been a, a region rivalry. Um, yeah. they I don't think they are in the same region anymore. But uh, Mountain View, a few years ago, was the team that you know uh, they went what six and zero in the COVID season and then lost their last two. But missed the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. They've had some really, really good battles with Basha in the last yeah. few years. And, you know, I, I think Basha, even being the favorite and a lot of people think they're an open lock. Um, that's still not an easy game.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Highland Brophy is going to be really physical. Yep. Uh, Castillo versus Casa Grande is turning into a good one because I'm pretty sure it's a battle of two undefeated teams. And Casa Grande obviously coming off of a, a 4A title now in the 5A conference. Desert Mountain Chaparral, huge rivalry up there. Desert Mountain is really, really trying to build something special, and they are on the way to do that uh, under Conrad Hamilton. He's in the A lot of job. people
1: on the forums, Arizona varsity forums on openbound Network. Um, open Bound. Yep. Open Bound. A lot of people have Desert Mountain in their open right now.
0: Yep. Including me. Uh, South Point Cienega, that's a really interesting Tucson battle because I've always thought of those two kind of being. The two teams that really do compete on area teams, exactly, exactly. Uh, Hamilton versus Horizon. Obviously, Hamilton a rough outing in Vegas. They turned it around last week against who was it? Mountain Ridge. That's right. But it was a slow start. They were down like twenty-one nothing, I believe. They get the, uh, the the defending 5A champion. AZ College Prep playing a 6A opponent for the first time in school history against Mesa, which I think is going to be really, really interesting to see how they can kind of stack up. You know, the biggest thing with 6A and 4A teams is the depth. And while Arizona College Prep is very, very talented, the depth might get them in that game. But I, I think Myron Blueford has a trick up. They did team.
1: beat 5A Gilbert earlier in the season. Exactly. So that
0: was a big thing. Exactly. Um Moving on down, Campo Verde Mountain Point, I think, is going to be a really physical matchup. Those two teams, very big up front, both of them. Um, we'll see how that one goes. Obviously, LA Queen Creek, and Queen Creek, just going to be an emotional, emotional game there. And then the big one, the other big one. I, th- I think of ALA, Queen Creek, and Queen Creek as a big one for the circumstances. Yeah. But one of the biggest ones, Saguaro and Chandler. It has to be the biggest one. It is. It is the biggest, let's be honest. Now, it's kind of crazy that I'm going to be missing this game. But again, Andy Liberta and those circumstances outweigh this one. In my and opinion, you've seen for both me. of those teams again. And I've already seen Chandler. And I'm going to see Saguaro next week, just a preview. I'm going there for Saguaro Liberty. Saguaro started slow this season, got beat by Bergen Catholic, which, in my opinion, is very similar to Chandler in terms of physicality on their defense. And then all of a sudden they took down an O'Connor team that looked at, uh, to be on its way to an open division conversation. What do you make of this matchup? You have one team that's been dominant in all three games and you have one who just started to show their dominance a little bit last game.
1: I expect it to be a really close contest. I agree. You know, regardless of what's happened in these last few weeks, These are the defending open championship game teams. Chandler has a lot to prove um, having lost to them last year in the open title game for, you know, the first non-state championship year in what, like five seasons or something? Six, Yeah, six. Um, So, and Saguaro wants to still stake their claim to being the top team in Arizona. So a lot of people – on both sides have a lot to play for there. Um, and regardless of what's happened, I think it's going to be a battle.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, 5A games, just to go over a few of them really quick here. If this will load. Um, Camelback Arcadia, will be interesting to see how Camelback kind of bounces back after that loss to Paradise Valley. Um Ironwood Ridge, Desert Edge, Verado making the trip over to Desert Vista. I think that'll be a good game. I think those two teams actually match up really well. And honestly, Desert Vista needs a win heading into Tukie Bowl. I really think they do. And same thing with Mountain Point against Campo. Uh, Gilbert versus Mesquite, obviously a classic rivalry. Centennial Millennium, a rivalry game out there. Um, Red Mountain and Mountain View-Morana. The two Mountain Lions are going at each other. Have you ever seen two Mountain Lions fight, Eric? I have never seen a Mountain Lion fight. Oh, okay, good. Um, Cactus and Snowflake. Have I have not. Cactus and Snowflake. Cactus has been kind of down this year a little bit. Um, just haven't been the same team that we've seen in years past. They've had some tough opponents though, too. They have, but here's the thing though. They've only put up 13 points in in those first two games. And they played a down mesquite team. But in those first two, Desert Mountain and ALA Queen Creek, again, very good opponents. But they gave up 29 and 48 points respectively. Yeah. What can we expect when they travel to Snowflake, a team that that people still believe is going to be a 4A contender? That is
1: going to be a really freaking tough game. Um, I've seen Snowflake in person this year. I saw them. Uh, in the scrimmage against Coconino. And, you know, they're not doing everything. Of course. Uh, Neither team is. But those kids can really freaking play. They're good. Um, Their defense brought back, I think, eight starters from last season, Uh, the two-time championship team. It was kind of the offense was really veteran-led and the defense was younger. And now it's kind of the opposite. They've got a lot of returning defensive players, younger offensive guys. Um that just, uh, are still talented, but you know, haven't had as much experience and that drive is not an easy one. It's, it's going to be what, four hours from at um, least yeah, at least four hours they, that has, they have one of the best home crowds in all of Arizona yeah. high school football, uh, especially one of the best for a small school. Yep. That's a town that really loves its high school football. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game for Cactus. You would think, you know, being the 5A team, they would have to be the favorite, quote-unquote, but mm-hmm. I could see that one going either way.
0: Another 5A game, Skyline making the trip out west to West Point. Eric, I think the Coyotes are going to be 4-0. That's crazy, yeah. that It's, it, it's nuts. Uh, switching gears over to the 4A conference, obviously Post and Butte Coconino is going to be a really big game there. Um, you've got... Let's see, I already mentioned AZ, uh, AZ College Prep in Mesa. St. Mary's, Northwest Christian. How can St. Mary's kind of bounce back after a, a beating from Brophy there? Uh, Ailey Gilbert North making the trip up to Prescott. I think that's going to be a really physical game as well up there. And then uh, Ben Franklin versus Seton Catholic will be good. And then um, I like that Willow Canyon Sierra Linda game as well. Sierra Linda is doing some good things out there despite, uh, you know, Nate Gill, you know. Leaving there and tie prayer taking over. He's done a fantastic job at Sierra Linda. Yeah. Um, I like in four a Buckeye yeah. Union is hosting Lake Havasu, and that's, that's just going one.
1: to be a run fest. Both of yeah. these teams have just incredible running backs. Uh Buckeye's three and Lake Havasu's two and one, and their one loss is to Yuma Catholic, who is, you know, at uh, one of the best teams in the conference. Um already three and themselves in the new Year in four A, um, yep. I think I think that could be a really really physical game between Havasu and Buckeye.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. Three um, A, couple games here: A La Ironwood, Santan Foothills. I kind of think of that as a rivalry because they're both out there. Mm-hmm. Um, how can Shadow Mountain kind of bounce back against Dysart? Push Ridge and Thatcher though is going to be a very good one. Uh, Push Ridge currently five and zero on the season. I'm pretty sure Thatcher's also undefeated. 4-0, oh, yeah. So uh battle of maybe two of the top teams in 3A there. And then Valley Christian obviously is right up there with them, and they take on Payson. So Valley Christian's been rolling ever since that loss to, uh, to Sholo, who plays Round Valley, which will also be a really good one up there in the White Mountains. Uh, moving on to 2A, unless you've got a 3A game that you want to highlight. Nah. <laughs> nah, all right. I don't know much um, about
1: the 2A this year, honestly.
0: Santa Cruz Valley and Chandler prep will be pretty good. Um, Santan charter facing Coronado, that Coronado team, man, I would really just love them to, to put some points on the board. Um, that's been a program that's kind of been on a downward spiral for a very long time. I want to see them get it turned around as, as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps things up for the games. Um, volleyball is kind of getting into full swing too. We're almost there for, uh, you know, region play. Um, there's a lot of really, really good teams in the 6A this year. Gilbert's doing their thing, even despite moving up as well. Uh, they're undefeated right now in, in PowerPoint games. So um, with that being said, Eric, best thing you had in the last week? Best thing I had in the last week,
1: um, Los Altanos Mexican restaurant nice. uh, in Flagstaff, right near the university, um, stopped there after practice, uh, after football practice today. Um got carnitas and it was delicious oh that sounds really good
0: oh for me so after the photo thing that i went to right before we jumped on here um i guess not right before but you get the point before um i was passing by i had to stop into best buy grab a grab a phone case for my new phone um and i was like you know what Peter Jungle sounds really, really good. And so I think it was Peter Jungle. I haven't had it in so long. I have to say Peter Jungle. That's a solid place. I love Peter Jungle. They're Chicken Philly. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think there is
1: one in Flagstaff. Or there is. I haven't seen it. So next time I'm in Phoenix, maybe that'll be
0: somewhere I have to go. Yeah, we can uh, we can definitely venture there together. Actually, you'll be in Phoenix soon be Phoenix. yeah pretty soon i think yeah so cool right on um yeah thank you all for tuning in another episode uh 101 it's crazy i still can't i still can't believe that um thank you all for tuning in thank you to jordan ham once again for following or not following us for joining us here uh to talk a little bit about asu and sean aguano and herm edwards and all that um i will be at perry dobson tomorrow i will be at ALA Queen Creek, Queen Creek on Friday, and I'll be at ASU Utah on Saturday. On Sunday, I'm going to be probably at a local sports bar watching football all day and eating chicken wings. Um, if I finish everything for the Tukey Bowl, to be determined. There's a um, lot going on. There's, it's a busy, busy time of year. But you know what? This is why we do it. So yep. it, it's worth it. Uh, make sure to give us all a follow on Twitter at Zach Elvire, at Ian Newman at AZHSFB and at Arizona varsity. Thank you to Cody Cameron for, you know, mocking us a little bit in the, in the comments, maybe not mocking us, but kind of uh, n- nevertheless, make sure to follow all of uh, team AZV as well. And until next week, we will talk to you all next week. The Arizona
1: Stragglers, my soccer team, we just are about to finish our second eight week soccer season. We are in the semifinals again. It was rough. We started well, ended well, but the middle of the season was tough. We're in the semifinals against the team that beat us in the semifinals last year. So for all the exact all the talk and all the bravado I had of we're coming different and we're we're getting it out the mud. Uh, we're probably going to end in the exact same spot in third place that we did last year, um, unless something crazy happens. (laughs) So we'll have gotten third place twice in a row, um, unless something crazy uh, occurs, but we are, uh, we're fire 100 um, coming different tomorrow. (laughs)